Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! with you on a Sunday, late Sunday evening, Monday morning. We are glad to be with you here on the podcast. Talking about Mississippi State sports, wherever you're getting your podcast from, over at uh, supertalk.fm or wherever you find podcasts, we appreciate you guys tuning in, especially the servicemen and women uh, who take care of us. Mississippi State did an unbelievable job on Saturday with their salute to service. Uh, really did a, a, a great job uh, recognizing all of the uh, the branches of the service. They, they unveiled the chair of honor at Davis Wade Stadium, plus the five chairs that will be filled by various members of the, of the different service branches throughout the seasons going forward. So that was really, really cool, and I, I really I always love that stuff. So it's, it was really fun to see. And again, we want to give our thanks to those who take care of us. I want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, and College Corner. We'll talk more about those guys a little later in the show as we do our segments. Mississippi State 38, Alabama 7. We will cover men's basketball on our Tuesday show, by the way. I want to give that the, the, the due it deserves because Robert Woodard, I expect on Monday to hear that he has been named SEC Player of the Week. What a fantastic week the sophomore forward from Columbus had. So let's give that its full due, but let's focus on football today. So before we do anything else, what I've got to know from the only man who can tell us, Joel T. Coleman, what's causing all that? I'll keep it short this week. All right. Kind of feel like we're going through Groundhog Day in some of these games. So, you know. It's funny you say that. Uh, what's causing all that? Mediocrity. Mediocrity. That That's where we are with Mississippi State football right now in 2019. Um, that's what we got, man. We, we cover a mediocre football team that gets mediocre coaching, in my opinion. They would they would say different, and they should. I mean, they get paid to do it, and I'm sure they, they work hard and all that, but the results display to me that it's mediocre coaching so far. Um, everything about it is just blah. Mediocre. Uh, irrelevant might be another word. Mississippi State football in 2019 has has fallen down back into irrelevance. Uh, the Tua injury, I, I, I don't want to get too far into that. You may say something about it later. Um, hate it, hate it for Tua, but but there was something about all that came from all that that made me realize where State has fallen off to. Nick Saban, in talking about that Tua injury, said that. That was going to be his final drive of the game, mm-hmm. and that he was out there to run the two-minute drill just for practice. Folks, Mississippi State football in 2019 is now at the point where Nick Saban felt comfortable running his star quarterback onto the field in the second quarter, up 28, and didn't really fear too much for his health, just wanted to practice against Mississippi State. You want to talk about irrelevant? Not the game. Not the game. <laughs> Actually, it was the game. That's yeah. the problem. In the middle of in the end of the second quarter, you have one of the greatest head coaches in college football history that was a okay with sending one of the greatest quarterbacks in college football history, who by the way has been banged up and it was a risk. But he felt so comfortable with his health status that he was like, "I just got there and practice against him." That's irrelevance. That's uh, mediocrity, and that's where Mississippi State football is right now in 2019. And it's gotten there pretty quick. And I'm not saying, again, that Joe can't dig them out of it. But as we sit here today, as we record, it's November 17th. As you listen, it's probably November 18th. 
Mississippi State football as of this day. Hopefully, for everybody's sake, they'll pull out of it. But right now, it's just coated in mediocrity and irrelevance again. And it just, I don't know, it's tough. I, I, I hope for our sakes, and like I said, for those listening, that it won't be there long. But right now, today, it is. I'll say this. I don't know that I disagree with you, but Alabama's games are all practice except for like two a season, and then they get into the postseason. All right. Outside, I mean, basically every game Alabama plays is nobody get hurt, so that when we play LSU and we play Auburn, and then only you know every seven years when we play Georgia or Florida, it matters. That's fair, but did you see what the total yardage and all oh, that no, was? No, no, at, you're not that, wrong about that. I mean, I, I realized who you're playing, and I realized that State didn't have a prayer to win that game. Yeah. Neither one of us, nobody in their right mind, thought State was ever going to win that football game. But at that point in the game, when Tua went out there for his quote unquote practice. State was getting outgained by 300 yards in the second quarter. Yeah. They had they had like 90 yards worth of off. They only had 92 yards of offense in the first half. Only scored seven points all day. Um, defensively, had Tua stayed healthy, they could have named the score. Um, I, I know it's Alabama. You know, I I, I know it, but and, and I know that Joe in post game. Look, he said it, and and he's right, but. When all you, when all you have to hang your hat on is well in the second half we only gave up three points and we we moved the ball a little better when, when that's all you have to hang your hat on do you want to know who claims those victories mediocre football team yeah and I just I know it's Alabama but people have moved the ball in Alabama this year the team that's coming here on Thanksgiving night that everybody's probably worried about. Score 30-something points on Alabama. Then they score 30-something points on LSU. Guess what? They're probably going to score 30-something points on Mississippi State on Thanksgiving night. Um, I mean, it'll be a little different defense because you have Willie and company, so maybe I'm, I'm stretching that a little bit. But they're scoring 30-something points against pretty good defenses, and LSU and Alabama's got better defenses in state. I mean, so I, I, I don't know, man. I just when – you, when you play it out uh, – <laughs> I get it. It was Alabama, but I, I was hoping to see some semblance of oh, they moved the football okay and they just got killed because it's Alabama. But I didn't really. I don't know. I maybe I've turned into you, but I, I just didn't see a ton of positive to pull from that game. Okay. I mean, I, I I don't disagree with that. I'll put it that way. But I do disagree in a way, and I'll get to that. Okay. Right now, actually, as we get into these. Are the things that are true, they are brought to you by the good folks over at College Corner. Check them out. Check them out, I said. <laughs> Check them out online at collegecornerstore.com. Or go to either one of their two locations in the Jackson area, over in Ridgeland, over by Fleet Feet, or in Flowood by Half Shell, and you can get the largest, best selection of merchandise for the MSU fan in your life, or for you, if that, if that so is the case. The holiday season is upon us. It's time to start buying gifts for everybody. You want to put the good stuff underneath the tree, check it out at College Corner. They got you covered. Logo wear of all shapes and sizes, of all colors, and by that I mean maroon and white. And, of course, everything you need for tailgating, home gating, home gating, and just the gifts you want to have in your house to let them know that you're a Bulldog. So check them out over there at College Corner or check. Said it again. Shick. I'm trying to say shop and check at the same time. <laughs> so probably better check than, you know, I guess I'd be chop. Yeah. You know, that's actually a word. Go to collegecorner.com. Maybe lots of home gating. Maybe lots of home gating this week. 
We'll see. That's in the things that are true. Oh, okay. All right, well, you got nine of them this week. And you're probably thinking, gosh, normally after a loss, what am I going to say? It's the same thing every week, which is one of the things that's true. We'll get to it in a minute. But we're going to start with Alabama. I got a thing that's true about them, and that's to his injury is not on Nick Saban. 100% not on Nick Saban. All right, if he had hurt his ankle, this would be the opposite. Yeah. I would be blasting Saban today because you didn't need him. You could have just run the football and played defense and, be, and won the game easily. But it wasn't. It was a completely new injury, a freak injury. It's not on Saban. So all the hot takery that's happening and all the, the the debate shows that thank God college football happens on Saturday. So you got you know a full day of the NFL and it's and it's stuff to sort of take people's focus off of things. But the, it, it was not Nick Saban's fault. Not. It's you know? not his fault. But I do kind of disagree. Well, I mean that's fine because. I mean, you're wrong because these are things that are true. You, you got a guy that you know's banged up going in. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even he he eventually was fully dressed, but when they first started warming up and stuff, he was not. So it, to me, that just screams that we're going to see if it feels okay, kind of thing. And I know that isn't what he hurt, but by leaving him in there up twenty eight, you were taking the chance that he could re-injure the ankle. And what happened was he injured something completely different. I understand that it was a different injury, mm-hmm. so I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but. You knew you and I both sitting in that press box knew with the score twenty eight seven state over. was dead. Why is he still well, in the I game? Was, I knew it was over fourteen nothing. Well, that too. I mean, truth be told, I had a good idea it was over before I showed up at the stadium. Well, yeah, but that goes to show to me, like, why is he out there? I, I get of, that. I of, get that. And I, I and, and Saban's reasoning is perfectly acceptable to me. The, the fact of the matter is this: in football, you at, might get hurt. You're always a play away from, uh, from a, a career-ending injury. He every, could, every the healthiest player at the, on the first game of the year is one play away at all times. So I mean, there, there's just some things you can't true. predict. And I mean, he could have went out there and started next week against Western Carolina and only played two series and got hurt in one of those. You right. just you just, just don't, you ever, don't know. ever know. So I don't. I'm not putting anything. But in. I will say that if Joel was coaching Alabama, which I probably would have pulled. I, him. He would not have been in the game. But but again, I'm not going to. You know, and, and they said, look, Tua, Tua was. On the sideline, like, let me have one more series. And, you know, sometimes you listen to your players, you know. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, that they 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 certainly don't rule the roost over at Alabama. But, I mean, everything Saban took into account said we'll be okay. Do you think one of the things he took into account was we're playing Mississippi State and they're not – They're probably not going to get – they're probably not going to get pressure. Kind of like I was trying to say in in, in what's causing all that, it's like he he should be good against them. He should be fine, yeah. yeah. And I think that's an indictment on State. I agree. All right. Number two. Sort of like the Arkansas game a couple weeks ago. I don't really take much from this. I really don't. You know, yeah. I thought State would be a little more successful offensively, but they weren't. I thought they might be even worse defensively. I predicted them to give up 48 points. Of course, a lot of that is Alabama just went into operation shutdown yeah. once Tua got hurt. But I, I'm not taking too much from this. I knew State was going to get waxed. Yeah. I don't think for for the purposes of this season. Yeah. I don't think anything that happened in that game changes your no, outlook no, on what no. may happen for sure. The only thing that might change your outlook for what's happening the rest of the season is the offensive success Ole Miss had in Oxford. Well, we'll talk about that. I, I keep I keep stepping on you. By the way, I've, I've got a I got a, an announcement about the uh, the Egg Bowl. We're not going to talk much about Abilene Christian this week. We're going to go ahead and start talking about the Egg Bowl this week. So you're going to get about a, ten days of Egg Bowl talk here on Thunder and Light. Well, at this point, it's all that matters. It is. It, and I mean, what am I going to talk about with Abilene Christian? They're not going to win. And I, you know, if I get old takes exposed on that one, so be it. But they were losing. Last I look, looked on Saturday, they were losing 35-7 to Southeast Louisiana. All right, If they come up here and are within 30 points of state, you should fire more head in the locker room. So no, we're not going to talk about that game. I mean, we'll talk. We'll do it on Friday. We'll do three Ps. 
But what you're telling me is you're not going to find a uh, Abilene Christian. Beat I'm not looking. No, no, and, no that's and do, not going to do an happen. interview and no. anything like that. Okay. So, but I'm not taking anything from this game. It it, lay, it played out pretty much exactly the way I thought it would. It played out the way it plays out when Joe Moorhead teams play teams that are good. Which again is yeah. another indictment. Another indictment. Mississippi State. All right, number three. After the LSU game, there's all the talk about effort, right? I didn't have a huge problem with the effort on Saturday, but what I didn't have a problem with at all was Tommy Stevens and, and Kyle Hill. I thought they gave great, great effort. They ran hard. Kyle Hill ran angry. Yeah. Lowered his shoulder, took on backers. There's just nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. There's no getting the edge on Alabama unless you have superior talent, which State does not. Tommy Stevens, was from almost 100 yards. Looked like a – I mean, when I was debating Schrader-Stevens back in the middle of the season, my, my whole thought process was, well, Schrader's the better runner. I don't, I'm not saying that anymore. I think Stevens is just as good a runner and a better passer, so leave him in. Yep. Leave him in. And Joe Moore said he's going to. That's the kind of effort. If those two guys play like that in the Egg Bowl State, it's going to be just fine. They'll be just fine. Because you can get the edge on Ole Miss. You can get out wide on them. They aren't as good defensively. You can run up the middle against them because they aren't as good defensively. They're, they're better defensively. They're good defensively. But they're not Alabama defensively. You can move the football on Ole Miss, and if yeah. Stevens and, and Hill play like that, everything is going to be I, fine on Thanksgiving. I night. still think it's disappointing that you didn't put up more than seven points on that because this this isn't it your, is crazy your usual Alabama the amount defense. of toe stepping that is happening here. It is insane how much you 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 are just tripping all over me. Uh, and folks, I never know what he writes. Like his computer is not facing me. In fact, usually I show up, I sit down, and he is actively writing them as I sit here, and yeah. I scroll through my phone and kill time for fifteen minutes while he writes them. And so, no, I have no idea what he's writing. So it is not intentional, but carry on. Let's see if I can step on Some the more. other toes. I appreciate that. All right, here we go. Where we got here? Uh, number four. Nobody was open the whole day. And when, the few times they were, they dropped it. This was the worst game by State's receivers the entire season. State's longest two pass plays were 30 yards and 19 yards. Those went to Farad Green and Kylan Hill. The receivers Heck of a did. play by Kylan, by the way. Great play by Colin Hill. The receivers did nothing. Stephen Gidry, three catches for 18 yards. And a drop of a pass that would have been a touchdown. Hit him right in the chest. Dropped it. Dedrick Thomas, two catches for six yards. That's it. Five catches by the receivers. Osiris Mitchell, that 500 yards is not happening. I'm, I'm saying it now. There's a thing that's true. Add another one. He's not getting there. I don't, I, even, I don't even know off the top of my head. Let me say, I, I think I saw this email up that I can just go back to. It's got to be around 350. Well, I've got it right here. Hold on. He is at 377. So he needs 123 more yards. I'm saying he's not going to get there. The only hope he has is if they hit him on like a 70, 80 yard pass. Yeah, if they hit a long this pass. Week, this week could that, so I mean, that could very realistically happen. That could. And Joe might, for the sake of having a 500 yard receiver, do that, throw yeah. him a few and just see what happens. But. Yeah, I agree. But they were, they were bad. The, the play that, that I keep thinking about is I think it was third and five, and they ran a crossing route to, to Guidry, two yards shy. Now, the play is designed for him to have a step on the defender so that when he gets the ball, he can cut up cut field. Up, yeah. you know, and that play has worked for Mississippi State in the past, but there was no separation at all. Mm-hmm. As soon as he caught it. And, and I mean, State's receivers were just bad in this game. They were not good. And, he, I mean, like I said, I didn't think Stevens played that poorly. You know, I mean, he took it. I think two or three coverage yeah. sacks, and just where he just could not find anybody. And that's, is that the is that Moorhead saving grace a little bit for the fact that his offense has stunk? Is the fact that you basically do have the receivers that you were left with from Mullen, say for Zuber? No, it's not. His, it's not his saving grace because 
a good coach would adjust to what he has and figure it out. Okay, that's fair. They would they would figure it out. They would they would not go into the game saying, "Well, I, I know I don't have the talent to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway." Yeah, can you imagine doing that at your job? Just saying, "Well, I don't have the ability to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway." How would that turn out for you? Somebody said on, on one of the messages, I'm pretty sure it was Gene's page. They said, "Boy, if people at your job were as critical if you as you are of Joe Moorhead, you'd be in trouble." Like what? Can I just can you imagine if I just showed up to my job half of the time and just stunk it up? Just went on. I go on Sports Talk Mississippi three days a week, and I'm just like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, and I'm just making stats up. And yeah, you know, I get fired. And, and honestly, too, and I'm not look. I'm not giving me any credit to this whatsoever. Although I guess you know I'm half this team on this podcast too. At least for the podcast, podcast does good. Yeah, I mean, you, there's success there. It's there is numerical success that we can point to and say. Here's the scoreboard. We're doing yeah. okay, you know? Exactly. And uh, so, and it's your job, I'm sure, too. I mean, I listen in. Good show. You know, you, good, good things are happening. You can... You can no, point to those things. You can point to stuff that shows progress and success. Yeah. And really, there's not much but, that I mean, Joe yeah, can point to. Anybody in America has a job where they have to show up every day. You can't have... There's a lot of jobs where you can't have an off day. And I don't mean like a day off. I mean like you go in there and you just screw up a bunch of stuff, and then at the end of the day you just go, well, you know, I just didn't work hard enough today to, to do my job. They're going to fire you. Coaching is one of the few jobs in the world where you can screw up eight, nine, where you, you have the ultimate part of your job is on display 12 times a year. You can screw up 10 of them and still keep your job sometimes. There's no other job in America that would allow that. None. Coaching is the only one that would allow you to fail the majority of the time out and still continue to be employed. No accountant could do that. No lawyer, no doctor. Imagine a doctor works on 12 patients a year. 10 of them die. Is he going to keep his job? No. But a coach can go out there and 12 times a year and he can, however many he loses, and then he can say, well, I just, you know, we didn't do well enough to win. Okay, no problem. Try get him next week, champ. <laughs> and I, I mean that that's that's the nature of coaching. So number five, this is what Joel was just hitting on. It it's the not competing that is killing people, especially when you see Ole Miss doing it. Yep. That's State, the elephant in the room. State there. has scored on Auburn, LSU, and and Alabama this year. A total, if I'm correct, if I'm my math right, of uh it's uh, thirty 30, 43 points. All right? 13. 22. Went it 22 at Auburn? 23, 13. Oh, it was 23 at Auburn. 23, 13, 13, 13, 13 and 7. Yeah. So, I mean, Ole Miss scored 37 Saturday night on LSU. And I know a lot of it, you know, it was 28-0. I get that. But Ole Miss came back in the game. It was a two-score game. They were in the game. That Most of their, you know, it's 52-17 against Alabama. But they had 17. And then they added two more touchdowns. They had the ball against Auburn with a minute to go and a chance to win. So they see Ole Miss being competitive, and then they see State go out there, and you can't even get 300 yards of offense. You can't put the ball in the end zone but once. Alabama plays its backups the entire second half, and you still can't score. And in the case of the Bama and Auburn game, you're out of it literally about two minutes in. Yeah. In the first five minutes combined of the Alabama and the Auburn games, it was 35 nothing. Just I mean, makes your head spin. It though. does. It does. That's what's hurting. If state, and I think I've said this before on the show, 
With with Moorhead's offensive background, if State was losing these games forty two to thirty eight, nobody would care. Because go back to what we talked about. Well, you didn't have to play it that close on Saturday. Yeah, but I'm just saying forty two twenty would have been fine. Yeah, it, go back to you know when 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 Moorhead was here in that summer before. Oh, the offense would be fine, but man, I don't know about Shoop. No, Shoop in that defense. And then you know this is where we are. That the offense doesn't work. It just not. It doesn't work. And if you're telling me it's gonna you know. This kind of process to take, you know, it's going to be another two years maybe before you've got all the receivers and everything that you need. Nobody's Nobody outside of the Bryan building is going to stand for that. Yeah. It's just not. They're just going to say the hell with it. <laughs> I, I, this isn't a thing that is true, but a friend of mine said this, and I told him I would, I would steal it from him. The Egg Bowl might be worth 10,000 season tickets. The, 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 the Egg Bowl might literally decide for 10,000 people whether or not they buy tickets or not. Yeah, you lose the Egg Bowl and Joe returns as the coach. With, you're, you're with gonna, that schedule. You're, you're, with that schedule, yeah. you're going to lose a bunch of season tickets. Yeah. I would, it's I not would like think. you sold a whole ton this year, I would imagine. I, I had somebody at MSU once tell me that they'll never announce the season ticket number again because once they broke it Dak senior year, there's nowhere they'll never break it again probably. right? That's going to be the all-time high – interest level of Mississippi State. Coming off that season when we went to number one, you're bringing back Dak Prescott, you're never going to sell more tickets than that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So that, so you're never going to see If it's ever announced again, it'll be because, because they, broke they broke it. it. Yeah. So, I mean, State could have easily sold a ton of season tickets this year, but we don't know. But next year, it, it, the Egg Bowl is going to make or break that. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt. Number six. <laughs> it didn't take long, did it? It took, one, took the first play of the game. It's just comical. It's not even. It's not. I'm not even angry anymore about special teams. It's just comical. I just laugh. Okay, this is at least the third week in a row we have been told a kick was mishit. It, it was mishit. I don't. I don't know that it was mishit. To be totally honest, I think they were trying to catch Alabama napping, and it just went wrong. I when they, when the ball went up in the air, I thought, okay, they're trying to do one of those high sky kicks and, and they can catch get, it and catch it. Remember, they did that in 2012 against Tennessee. That's what I thought had happened, but they it was just miserably executed. And then he says, no, it was a miss hit. Well, this is three miss hits in a row. Maybe stop doing it. What's wrong with like putting Scott Goodman or somebody back there, letting him kick in the end? Zone? I seem to remember Scott Goodman consistently kicking the ball out of the end zone last year. Yeah. He's pretty so, good at it. So if, if it, is he injured? Are we doing another Weston Graves situation here? Is there nobody? There, you're telling me that there's nobody between uh, Scott Goodman, Jace Christman, Tucker Day, Jordan Lawless. Is Reed Bowman on the roster still? Uh, as far as I know. So that's five kickers slash punters. Not one of them can consistently kick the ball through the bat, into the end zone. None of them can do that. Well, one of them, like you just said, we've seen it with our own eyeballs. I, I mean, I... I saw Weston Graves make a lot of field goals, and then I saw him miss a lot of field goals, and then I found out after the fact that he was injured the entire year. So if Goodman's hurt, I don't care if you tell me what it is or not. Just say it's a lower body. I don't care. But tell me that he's hurt. Then that's why he can't go out there and kick the ball out of the end zone like he has in the past. I will say this about State. Although they found a way to sort of mess it up again, they started fair catching the ball at least. And so that's giving them an extra three or four yards of uh, field position. But then again, I thought they were fair catching the ball on some returnable-looking kicks where they could have maybe made a play. So it's just, It just never ends. It just never ends with special teams. You know, That's one thing. I, if I had to bet any amount of money on a coach not coming back, I would put everything I have on Joey Jones. Because if you bring him back, that is going to piss people off. 
People are going to be openly hostile about that. Sometimes you just got to throw the fans a little bit of a bone. Yeah. All right. And that that your special teams coach can be the bone. It's kind of like in, in right. MLB when they just like reassign the bullpen coach or something. Right. Like it, it just, doesn't really affect anything. Maybe, but you got to do different. you got to do something. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, where am I here? Number seven. Number I think seven? so. Yeah. You sort of hit on this a second ago. But you said Groundhog Day. What I said was so much of this season is just wash, rinse, rinse repeat. repeat. Joe Moorhead will tell us on Monday that, you know, he'll give some 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 phrases and he'll talk about, you know, what he's got to do and blah, blah, blah. Small margin for error. Small margin for error. And, and then, you know, go you'll, you, now they'll play in Abilene Christian, so I'm not, I'm not even worried about it. In a normal conference game, though, it's, they'll go out there and then they won't do those things. And then he'll come into the afterwards and say, well, we just didn't play well enough or coach well enough. You know, in the small, and he'll say small margin of error, and he'll say, you know, the execution, we, we had some opportunities here. And it's the same thing. I feel like I'm living in a loop. It's the same thing week after week after week. And I'll tell you who's tired of it fans. Because I, I got sort of ratioed on one of my tweets where I said that Moorhead said that we didn't coach well enough or, uh, or, or uh, play well enough to beat anybody, let alone Alabama. And the overwhelming majority of them felt uh, fell under one theme, which was no blank Sherlock. I, I won't say blank. I don't want to use a word right there. Even though it is late in the day, I could probably get away with it. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't, though. I like the restraint. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all, that's all for you. And uh, people, people are just, you know, and I, I can't speak for the average fan, although I think the average fan will speak for themselves next weekend, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But... You got to look hard to find a Joe Moorhead supporter in on the internet. Yeah, and even the ones that are, I feel like are just being trolls. I feel like they're just playing devil's advocate because they want to. I don't. I don't feel like they actually one hundred percent believe anything they're saying. Yeah. So, and then as for the writers, the regular fans go number eight, twenty two thousand is my attendance prediction for next week. That's where I'm going. I'm going twenty two k. Right. You got. It's going to be cold. I don't, it's a it's a night homecoming game, which is something I don't know that I've ever seen. I'm sure it's happened. It may have even happened recently, but I don't remember one. I mean, I, I, there have been some homecoming games that started at like three and ended, you know, around six or seven. But for a homecoming game to start at six thirty, I mean, the, the frat parties are usually going by like nine ten o'clock. I don't think any of those kids are coming. I mean, the yeah. student section wasn't completely packed playing Alabama. Deer season starts Saturday, I believe. So you got some people who are going to get up at 4 a.m. to hunt. They're not going to get in the car to come to Starkville and stay up until midnight or whenever driving home. This is going to be a the lowest attended game at Mississippi State since the stadium expansion. And by I don't mean the, the most recent one. I mean the one in 2002. Hell, you can even go back to 2000 when they first put the bleachers in the end zone. This is going to be the lowest crowd since then. Yeah. And there is very there is very little doubt in my mind. And I swear, I swear on my family, that if you tweet out whatever MSU tells you the attendance is, I'm going to say something to you. <laughs> All right? I'm so sick of seeing MSU tells us the, the MSU attendance today is 57,000. I'm just looking around at 10,000 empty seats. Don't do it. Don't, 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 don't spread the fake news. 22K. Last question. Last one. Number nine. Joe Moorhead will be the coach of Mississippi State in 2020. No matter what happens these last two games, I refuse to believe otherwise. State gets skull drug on Thanksgiving. He will night. be the coach. 
of a ship, not a sinking ship, a sunk ship. I, that, see, I, I think that's the, to me, that's the qualifier. If, if he plays the Egg Bowl and gets just hammered, I don't, I just almost think that's negligence to bring him back at that point. You don't, you're not going to get me to disagree with you. I just don't see it happening. I do not see John Cohen pulling the plug after two seasons. I just don't. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I still am of the belief. And I know I texted you the other night that it didn't look too good or whatever. I still think State's going to win the Egg Bowl. Well, we're going to talk about that, like I said, a lot a lot tomorrow. Yeah. But we're going to try to bring some, uh, some, 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 some sanity to the Egg Bowl. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like you said, are just convinced that Ole Miss is going to skull-drug Mississippi State. And when you look a little deeper, that seems unlikely. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. starting tomorrow. We'll, a lot of Ole Miss talk over the next uh, – Ten days, but but other than that, I'm, I mean, I, if if you had to put a percentage deal on it, to me, it's like not north of ninety percent that he's. I will say this here, no matter if what. If MSU's athletic director was an athletic director that had been an athletic director prior to being an athletic director, that's a lot of <laughs> athletic directors. But if he had been somebody who had been in the business of being an athletic director, the past decade, you could probably change my mind. But John Cohen being a coach. I can't believe a coach would pull the plug on another coach after two seasons. So unless <laughs> especially the, here's where I think you're right, especially when there are things like Tudor Gate and stuff and, that you yeah, can point to exactly. and say, "Here's why." Exactly. You, you played a true had to play a true freshman yeah, quarterback. No. There, are, if you want to rationalize why the season has gone the way it has, mm-hmm. there are some. They're excuses, but they're, they're valid excuses, excuses, but they're reasons too. You know, I, I, and, I would just I would agree with what you're saying. The only way this is going to happen for me is if it comes from above. So it would have to be Dr. Keenum getting involved, and the only way he would get involved is if he got enough phone calls from boosters, from who people said, with money that people said, must, with money who said, and they're going to have to say things like, "We'll cover the buyout," and you know, the next coach that comes in, we have a package ready for him. There's going to be this is a the decision to let Joe Moorhead go and bring in a new coach is about a $20 million decision, I would imagine, between his buyout and what it will cost to get a new coach in. And I, I don't think you can go cheap again. You're going to need to go get a coach that you, you know, you You really, if you're, you, what you really need to do for the sake of your fan base when this time comes is you need to go after some proven names and try to dangle some big money at them. Somebody like, I'm trying to think. I don't know, off the top of my head. Seeing Scott Satterfield succeed at Louisville makes you know, could you, you could you do that, you know, and say, you know, five million a year, something like that. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. You, That's just the first thing that comes to mind. You, you got to look at your, you got to look at how you recruit, and say, Mississippi State can always get athletes who are pretty good throwers. They can't always get quarterbacks who are pretty good athletes. Yeah, you know, State success under Mullen, Dak. And nobody knew Dak has become a great quarterback, but nobody knew Dak was a great quarterback. And Mullen could tell you that he did, but I'm I'm not going to believe him as much. But he was a great athlete, and he, he could throw the football. Nick Fitzgerald, great athlete, he could throw the football a little bit. Keaton Thompson was going to fit, be the next one in that line. Can State get consistently get guys like Garrett Schrader? I mean, I don't know that Will Rogers is the same guy, you know. But you can always find guys who can run the football and are pretty accurate. Accurate enough to move the chains. 
That's how you got to look at things. So, ah, even these shows, man, have just become. It's yeah, yeah. It's just like I feel like it's wash, rinse, repeat. I'm just doing the same. You know, I'm trying. That's why there's only nine today. Because I mean, I could probably could have done fifteen or twenty, but it's the same things yeah. every week. And I know that people, several of you, like using this as your, you know, mental relief to just hear other people vent too. But like for those of you that that just want us to be super sunshine, pumpy, positive, they're just. It, what, what do you want us to say? You know, <laughs> if you wanted, it, I'm trying to think. What would I say? The Joel that you first let get on the airwaves six years ago, screaming, "It's a great day to be a bulldog." What would that sunshine pumper Joel say? Yeah. And I don't know. I really don't know. Like right now, it's just, just blah. That's that's what this football season is. It's just ugh. Like, you're right. You're right. Like it, it isn't that we want to come on here and this, beat beat everybody up and, and it, make it everybody. Just, it's just, it just it is, it is what, what it is. Yeah. It, it, this is a huge is what it is kind of situation. All right. Enough talk about that. Let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closes only. Time to figure out who's getting coffee and who's not. That's brought to you by the good folks at Strange Brew Coffee House. Everyone who listens to this show is a closer, unless I specifically say you aren't in the next segment. Shout out to Strange Brew Coffee House, by the way. Stop by there after the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Got my uh, caramel macchiato. It was outstanding. Yeah. Um, by the way, saw I didn't use it because I wanted caramel macchiato, but uh, well, saw, yeah. saw, saw I had me a, a brew it forward, so you know who you are. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And uh, so uh, anyway... There was a humongous line. Like drive through was full. Yeah. Uh, inside was packed. Yeah. And those baristas, man, four two five speed, just there you like go, like a machine. So, like I was no, no kidding, it was impressive. And I'm not saying it because they're a sponsor. I was way back in line, mm-hmm. and I was out of there in like under five minutes. Yeah, they take care. It, of you, it was man. insane how quick they were. They operating. are prepared to serve you at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, Check and serve me with a smile too. There you go. Before I get into the coffee thing, real quick, I have a story. That uh, maybe the high point of my uh, my podcasting career. So today at the basketball game Sunday, I'm just sitting there as I always do, and these two little kids. I mean, I'm talking like maybe five and three. They come over and they're like, "My daddy listens to your podcast. He loves yeah. the podcast." So I'm like, "Oh, thanks, guys!" And I'm giving them a high five. And all right, great. Now you know where I sit. I sit on the very end, right? So I'm caddy cornered right to those chairs. Jake Mangum was sitting right over there in those chairs. They didn't go see Jake Mangum. <laughs> 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 they came to see me. Take that, Mayor. <laughs> he, he, he says hello, though. But I thought that was just like, hey, Jay. Man- Mangum's right there. <laughs> These kids came to see me. So that, that may be, that's like birth of children. That might be number two. <laughs> that might be number two. Of, uh, that's definitely my high point, you know. That is pretty cool. And so. it should also make you, uh, maybe we need to lower the number. You don't get seven anymore. You get one. Just use it, use it wisely. No, the, no, the kids didn't. The dad listened to the podcast. Well, the see, dad I, sent the kids. I had like a, a six or seven year old kid that came up to me at football that said, "I listen to y'all every day." Well, and you I said, "Lower well, can, your number. Can, can you give me the woo?" And and he did. He gave me All a right. great woo. All right. I'm just and saying. so I'm just telling you, you, I, you have young impressionable ears listening to you. Hey, dad. Well, I need to I need to tighten up anyway because Santa's coming soon. Uh, who's not getting coffee this week? Santa gets coffee whenever he wants. State's receivers aren't getting any coffee. Gidry, Mitchell, Thomas, 
and then whoever else plays. Yeah, who else plays, by the way? How many drop balls does Gidry have to drop before they go, you know what, enough. I guess Zuber's in there. Before it, It's just not any good. Put him on the bench. Let's just try somebody else. Yeah, there's only two games left in the season. You could put Quentin Torbor out there or Kaziah Pruitt or whoever and just try something different. This is not working. <laughs> they, they they just they can't they couldn't get open. I've never seen I've never seen states get get swallowed up like that. At Alabama secondary, we've been talking about you know, their defense not as good as it used to be. You wouldn't know from that. They 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 covered state like a blanket. State's receivers, not a drop of coffee to be found. Over in the Palmetto State, there's a, there's a coffee shortage in South Carolina. They're not getting any coffee. Yes. Here, here we go. This is you want to talk about something that I'm sorry, you want to talk about something that pisses me off is give up football. I can't stand give up football. Cannot. You know, third and twenty eight and you're on a drop drives me insane. Drives me nuts. South Carolina is down thirty to three with three minutes to go. Now the game is over. It's over. You're not gonna win. But third and three at the Texas A&M 21-yard line, and they kicked a field goal to make it 30-6. to Get out of here. Fire that guy. Not a good coach. <laughs> what more evidence? Rippy was getting, in, getting into me on Friday about much. He's like, what, what evidence do you have he's not a good coach? His one loss record. <laughs> it's not good. He beat Georgia, though, Brian. Uh, he beat Georgia. Well, good. Well, hold on. I, I haven't done this in a long time, but whoopity doo! <laughs> He's not a good coach. Thirty to three, and we're going to kick a field goal with three minutes. Throw the ball in the end zone. And I took a chance on that dude too this week, and so oh, I'm, oh, I'm dead. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm dead. I didn't even think about. I'm six that. out. I'm dead. You took Auburn too, right? Yeah, well, I was trying. I was just doing a hail mary. I'm dead. I'm out. <laughs> There's no way I'm making up six games in two weeks. <laughs> Woo, Daddy. We're going to whine and dine <laughs> on Joel Coleman's dime. Woo! Oh, man. Ah. <laughs> I didn't even think I didn't even think about the picks. Hey, blind squirrels do find nuts on occasion. Brother, I found the treasure trove. I found the tree full of acorns. <laughs> Fantastic news. That's good news. Where are we going to go? I got to think about that. So now I'm going to – I don't even know what the games are this week, but I'm going to have to go like with Vandy against whoever they play and stuff they, like yeah. that. Just, just pray that just absolute madness ensues. The only game you really have is like A&M Georgia. So, yeah. Yeah. And then next you have rivalry I can never say that word. Those two words. Rival I can't do it. Rivalry week. Yeah. Where anything could happen. So, you know, next week you'll be taking Florida State, Georgia Tech. But I'd have to Louisville. hate I, I would literally have to hit pretty much every one yeah, of them. You and would. that ain't going to happen. I'm I might just pick a an upset with you just just to throw you off. <laughs> How great would that be? You're like, "All right, Georgia, Georgia Tech, here we go." And, and I say, "Georgia we Tech." Both pick and tech. I was like, "Yeah, that's what you get." <laughs> All right. Uh, nationally, <laughs> no coffee for Michigan State. In 2015, Michigan State won the Big Ten and played in the college football playoff. And Alabama broke them. They have been broken, and they have never made it back. Since then, they have only won one time against Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Uh, This year's team is awful. They lost to Michigan 44-10, I think was the final score. They gave up Shea Patterson's first 300-yard passing game since he left Ole Miss. And... uh, 
last week, Mark Antonio was asked, "What would you tell fans, you know, and, and administrators and, and and students, you know, regarding the future of this program?" And his response was a very uh, intriguing one when he said, "Next question." <laughs> so he's done. <laughs> D'Antonio was a guy who, like, four years ago, would have been. On the tier down from Saban, like Saban was the unquestioned number one four years ago. Dabo wasn't there yet. D'Antonio was on the same tier with like Dabo and uh, probably Jimbo Fisher. Maybe Les Miles was there. I don't know if he was still there or not. But that top tier just north, south of Saban. And now he's like the fifth, sixth, seventh best coach in the in the Big Ten. You know, he's behind Harbaugh, he's behind Ryan Day, he's behind Franklin, he's behind P.J. Fleck, he's behind Ferentz, he's behind Paul Christ at, at Wisconsin. Indiana's going to win nine games this year. Is he behind Tom Allen there? And I mean, what happened to that program? It was the model of consistency for like a decade. And now it's Alabama completely screwed them. Like, it's just like they have PTSD and they can't get past it. Every time they open their – they close their eyes, they see, you know, Jalen Hurts running for – was Hurts even there? That's 15. No, Jake no, Coker yeah. running – you know, throwing for another touchdown. O.J. Howard running wide open. So, yeah. Michigan State. Jake Coker, that seems like 10 years ago. It was only like four, four years. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Michigan State, they sort of deserve all the bad things that have happened to them with that horrible scandal up there with the doctor, you know, and all those poor girls. So, you know, you didn't deserve any coffee in the first place, but now you're not getting any. No coffee for Michigan State. Why, Joel? Why? Because it's for coffee closers. For closers. It's for closers. Put that coffee down. All right. It's Egg Bowl week as far as we're concerned. <laughs> now, that gives us 10 days or so to get your mind right. Our mind's not right today. I'm not in Egg Bowl mode yet. Talking about it will get us there. We're going to talk. We're going to try to bring. Obviously, we'll talk about Moorhead tomorrow. We got a big show tomorrow. Moorhead Monday. Uh, so the press conference. We'll recap Mississippi State's win over uh, New, New Orleans. Orleans. Not the not not the Pelicans. No. Privateers. Uh, but say they're looking better. They've looked better these last two games. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll do our picks. Joel will will try to not succumb to my might. And then, but we will talk some egg bowl tomorrow. We're going to talk. We're trying to bring some some hope. Uh, yes, you heard it here first, folks. Tomorrow, Thunder and Lightning will try to bring optimism to you, vis-a-vis Mississippi State football. You don't want to miss this historic episode. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. Wait, wait. When, are we going to do the uh, Hey Dad Coleman? You can be Christmas you can Carol? be the uh, the company the the company, fellow what sings the chorus. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys tomorrow. Yes, we're going to do the Christmas album. Look yeah, and, and we're really going to do it. Like we're gonna we're gonna actually try to make it beautiful. Yes, like, we're not going to do this this hokey just sing nasally for the so, correct. I mean, we're gonna like put out an album that an, an album is stretching it. We might do a song. <laughs> So we'll do that. We'll I was trying that. to think of any record label whatsoever, and I couldn't even think of one. <laughs> we can put it on SoundCloud. <laughs> I'm drop our mixtape there. All right, guys, have a great uh, Monday. Back with you tomorrow for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.